Good morning. Great to see everybody. We're spilling over into our Advent season with our last installment of Reco uh, Recover Your Authority. I can't even pretend to make this anything Christmassy, so we're not going to, uh, but we will uh, do some Advent uh, themes next week as we're getting excited for our Christmas season. That's building up. I want to just note with our production, uh, if you're new to our church or just to be reminded if you've been around for a while that uh, we have a mission here at Harvest that we want everyone to know God and not intellectually but experientially. We want people to know God better and better because the Bible says that as we do that, we begin to realize that our uh, our, our, our lives apart from God is like, like glasses that we wear, prescriptions that we haven't clearly seen not only the world but our own lives. And so that we want to find freedom from yesterday. Know God, find freedom. Discover purpose. As we begin to discover freedom, we see that God has, um, we're born, we're born with a reason to breathe air, uh, to contribute and to make a difference. And so in understanding that as a church, Easter and Christmas are our two largest gathering events where we want to be gathering every single Sunday. And we have first-timers uh, in the room. In fact, we average close to five first-timers every week. That's a statistic um, for those of us that call this our home church. And that's an important statistic because that means you guys are bringers. And uh, that's how we just kind of uh, express God's love is by saying, hey, come and see what God God is doing, uh, just like it was in the New Testament uh, with Philip and Nathaniel. C come and see what Jesus is doing. But Christmas, particularly along with Easter, are times that we're encouraging you uh, to be thinking about who you can invite to come to our Christmas production. Our online marketing is fantastic, but in and of itself, it really isn't enough to convince somebody that maybe doesn't know what the production is about. And as Ryan just said, it is spectacular. And one of the reasons it's spectacular is it's homegrown, home-developed, home-prayed over, uh, and uh, just the creative, um, the creative genius uh, of the team here. So we're super excited. So I just wanted to point at that. We probably won't talk a lot about it um, as the next couple of weeks as we quickly approach that, but be praying about who you could ask to come and join you on one of those evenings. Recover All, uh, this is part four. We had a great time yesterday uh, at Rack 'em Up. The guys, just the men gathered, and um, uh, Anthony Morris is on the Wally Dolly camera and challenged me to a round of eight ball and royally trounced me. Uh, he wants the world to know. So the world now knows online. Shake the Wally Dolly back and forth so they know where you are, Anthony. Just move that back and forth, and the camera, they'll know that. Can't hear me, he's got his headphones on. I started this series because I don't want you, I don't want myself to be continually beat up by the enemy. We are to be beating up the enemy. Uh, Satan's power is uh, not, it, it, it's minuscule compared to the power of the almighty God and creator. And so many of us, as Ryan was, um, you know, admonishing us a moment ago, which I so appreciate, the Lion of Judah, um, Jesus, uh, it's described that way. Uh, there's a roar uh, in, in, in God that's in us, and the roar of the enemy doesn't even come close. And yet, many of us, just in that fear uh, that we can't overcome, that we're not going to make it, that we don't measure up. And uh, I just so appreciate it as he admonished us this morning just to, just to let that roar out. You can do that just by uh, in praise and in worship when you're alone somewhere so people don't think you're too nuts. You can shout out. I do that in the car, so I just shout my praise. There's a, a power that happens in the shout of praise. And, and, uh, and so I did this series because I, I want you to learn how to turn the tables on the enemy. He's a liar and a thief, and we can stand up against him and be victorious, but we need to understand some principles to do that. In part one, uh, we recovered our strength and chose not to look at the rubble of circumstances and throw and blame, but to take those stones and build an altar and strengthen ourselves. In part two, uh, we realized that our identity's been stolen by the, by, the, by the enemy, by the devil. It's been stolen. Any identity he tries to give us is a lie. And so um, also one of the biggest lies is that your identity is self-determined. You get to decide who you are. 
And yet, we look in the scriptures and we realize that our identity is in Christ. He's the cornerstone. And if we're going to be on a recovery mission of anything in our lives, it's to understand who we are, God's identity for us. And in part three, we learn to recover our faith um, and to confront fear, especially the fear of those uh, continual and perpetual predators that seem to constantly um, take authority over our lives. Today's the final installment. This is part four, recover your authority. Recover your authority. Let me look at a scripture, we're gonna pray. Um, do something a little different this morning. Would you stand with me for the reading of, of God's word? Appreciate you doing that. Let's just change our position. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Come near to God. He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Father, we ask now that you would take the powerful word of God. That's a two-edged sword. Without your anointing this morning, these are simply words. Lord, without the power that comes with your words, spirit and truth today. Lord, then we're going, th- I- I'm just going through a futile exercise. Lord, as I've been praying this week for the hearts of God's people to be fertile and ready, Father, I thank you for the seed that is powerful, that'll be planted deep. Lord, these are warriors that are standing this morning, ready to overcome and, and go to a new level of victory in their lives. And I pray, Lord, as you are going to challenge us this morning, You do that, Lord, as we read, we're coming near to you. You come near to us. Even in the challenge, it's always relational. It's close. It's intimate. Father, we ask you for the closeness of your spirit now. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Be seated. So we're going to recover authority. So let's just talk a little bit about um, that we've been talking about things that have been stolen, things that we need to recover. Your authority in Christ cannot be taken from you. It cannot be stolen from you. But as we look at the example of the garden with Adam and Eve, and we've done that a couple of weeks to give backdrop, what we do learn is you can give your authority away. You can give your authority back to the enemy. And so this morning, as we're going to talk about some of the ways that knowingly or unknowingly, we give away our authority. And let's just understand this for a moment. As we read this scripture, God opposes the proud. God's against the proud. And, and let me explain to you why that is. As we, uh, without a lot of time this morning, I just want to kind of highlight. And by the way, I'm going to hit some high-level topics um, where kind of the common areas that we step out from under authority uh, with, with the Lord. And then there's a, there's a uh, I know there was a should have been um, a code for you to scan for notes this morning. We have a lot of resources. And so I want to encourage you to look at the books, the web pages, all that's there in an area that might interest you this morning. We just don't have time to unpack all this for you, but you can, uh, you can have a look. So we're, you can study and dig in a lot, a lot more. God resists the proud. And we go back to when God created, um, when he created the angelic host, and we find out that, that Satan uh, was actually the worship leader of heaven. He was the most beautiful creature that God has ever created. And he began to get puffed up in pride, believing uh, that he could step into God's place. Um, and Isaiah tells us about it, just, just without digging in this morning, just to kind of remind you if you've read this before, if this is new for you, to uh, read how crazy Uh, Satan must have been uh, to have come to this conclusion. It says, how you have fallen from heaven. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. And the question is, (laughs) as beautiful as you might have been, as great of a worship leader as you were, that you led the angelic host in worship um, before, you know, be, before we were around, humanity was around. How in the world does a created being decide that it can be more powerful than the creator? How does a created being say, I will take over? I don't need God. Hey, guys, we don't need God. 
I'm going to sit in his throne. We're just going to push him out, and I'm going to sit down. And the answer to that is pride, a sense of narcissism, which is, it's not a new, it, it might be a kind of a new fat word, but it is a very old, prideful heart issue that began in Satan himself that said, I can oppose God. And so God's response about pride, he said, well, you know what? I oppose pride because I don't allow it because there's no one that it can exalt or, or, or anything that can exalt itself above God. And so God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. And so this source of pride, this demonic power of pride that Satan tries to convince us that we don't need God. And this morning, I'm going to talk to believers, <laughs> Christ followers, and I'm not talking about we, we kind of just wholesale say, I'm stepping out and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to serve Satan. But what we do, knowingly and unknowingly, is we, in areas of our life, we get puffed up and proud and say, this area of my life, I don't need God to be ruling and reigning in this area of my life. And it'll make sense as we go on. So God opposes the proud. He shows favor to the humble. Submit yourself then to God. So the resolve of this, the deal with pride, is, is, is to submit. The only way you can deal with a control spirit is with submission and humility. You can't control a control spirit. And so even in ourselves, you can't control self-control under the power of the Holy Spirit brings us in submission under God. And this word humble and this word submit means to willingly come under God. And the picture is not an authoritarian God who we just are afraid of, and if we don't do what God says, he's going to zap us, kill us, squash us, judge us, or whatever. But this word actually is the picture, if you've had kids that have had uh, security blankets, uh, or you had one, or you have one, and you're just not telling everybody. You got that little teddy bear, or whatever it is, or that big body pillow that you hug and just feel so comfortable with. That's actually a beautiful picture of submission. You are willingly coming under in a place of safety, saying, this is my safe place. The Lord is my stronghold. He's my safe tower. Those who run to him are safe. The place that we develop a relationship, come near the Lord, he'll come near you. It's the whole context of what, what's being taught in James. It's not doing what God says or else, it's I want to submit, I want to come under, I want to bring my life under the authority, this safe, beautiful, comfortable place that I live in and is so wonderful and warm and cozy under God and when I'm close to him, he's close to me. That's the context of James. But what we do is we get puffed up sometimes in our hearts and we allow areas of our life where we step out from under that covering of authority, that, that place where we're submitting to God, obeying God, doing God, we're doing life God's way, and we step out and do it our way. Now we're out from under authority. We've given in that area of our life, we've given the authority away. Now watch why this is so important. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion, now a centurion is a Roman officer that has a hundred soldiers under his, uh, under his order. A centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. So just matter of fact, I have a need. And Jesus said, shall I come and heal him? So Jesus responds to the need. The centurion replied, and it's kind of a strange response, but Jesus is going to unpack it for us a little bit, and I'll help, I'll help us as well as we're reading this. Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. And you've heard me talk about this if you've been around for a while, but those of you, um, just allow me if you've heard this before, but many haven't, this illustration of, we've all said it to our kids, as long as you're living under my roof, yeah? And that's what the centurion is saying. He says, oh, Jesus, no, 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 I'm so sorry. So wait, 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 wait. I'm not, I'm not ordering you to come and do a healing. Oh, no, 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 if that's, what you, if that's what you thought I was doing right now, that I was just telling you what to do. Oh, no, 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 Jesus, Jesus, please don't misunderstand. Don't misunderstand. And then he explains it. 
He said, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. I'm not ordering you to come under me, Jesus, and do what I'm telling you to do, because I don't have authority over your life, Jesus. He said, Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. But I realize you are under an authority. Jesus is so obvious that you are under heaven's authority. Now, how long he was following Jesus, I don't know. How many miracles he saw Jesus do, I'm not sure. Maybe he was at the water, Jesus' water baptism with the voice from heaven said, this is my son. And Jesus, in submission to the Father's will, the scriptures say that he didn't do anything, he didn't say anything, unless he heard and saw his Father do it first. In other words, Jesus, in full compliance, in full submission, under the authority of heaven, Jesus submitting himself to the Father. And this centurion sees it and says, oh, no, 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 I'm not ordering you what to do. Don't misunderstand. It's just that I see you have access to authority. I see you're under authority, so that means you have access. And he goes, I know just how this works, for I myself am a man under authority. I'm under authority. I'm under authority. Therefore, because I'm under authority, I have soldiers under me. There's a chain of command. I tell this one, go, and he goes. I tell this one, come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was truly amazed. He said to his followers, truly, I tell you, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Jesus goes, he gets it. He gets it. Not only in who Jesus was and Jesus being under authority, but he understood that when we are under authority, we have access to the power of that authority. I'll say it again, it's super important. When you're under authority, you have access to the authority you're under. As a Roman soldier, he's saying, the only reason I, I don't have authority in and of myself, that authority is in Rome. I represent Rome because I'm a soldier. And because I'm under Rome, I'm also can, those that are under me, I can tell them what to do by authority. You and I are under authority of heaven. Nothing should be over us. The devil should be under us. And we should be talking to sickness. We should be talking to all, of, all the matters of life because we have heaven's authority. We can tell Satan what to do he has to do it because I'm under authority. I know we're happy and we're clappy, clappy, but this is going to get tough because we step out from under authority. And what I want to share with you this morning is not, I'm not talking about a one time, two time, you know, and the Lord speaks to us, okay, I'm not talking about messing up. I'm talking about areas of our life that are just unplugged from, and we're following Christ, yet there are areas of our life squarely out from under authority. And what that does is it opens an area of our life that gives the enemy access to our life when we're not living in obedience to God's word and keeping God's ways. And so Ephesians, as, and I can't unpack this one, but just look at the, the, the phrase. It's talking about anger and talking about a number of things. It says, do not give the devil a foothold. Do not give the enemy authority in your life by giving yours away. We're talking about this morning about recovering authority. He can't take it, but you can give it to him. And it's like a window or a door of your house being open. It's not full access, but there are areas that he gets his foot in. He gets his foot in the door, and he's got a hold on you because there's an area of authority that you need to change and come back under God in this area of your life to recover your authority. Let's talk about some of those areas. You can't take ground from the enemy if he has ground in you. And that's not a scary thing. That's just, this morning for some, it's just a realization. They go, oh, this really matters. <laughs> like, this really matters. Yeah, when we're talking about the authority of heaven, this really matters. And I want you to walk in complete victory and in complete authority. So we're going to do the hard one first. Um, and then we'll do some other hard ones, but this is the one that rocks us a little bit, and I want to talk about our finances for a second, and bringing our finances under the authority 
of God. And so that your finances have blessing power, they have growth power, prosperity power, because they are under the authority of heaven. Haggai, the prophet, said this. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. I want you to drop down to the bottom of that verse, and he says it again. Give careful thought to your ways. So we have give careful thought sandwich. He says it twice because whatever's going to be in the middle is going to be really important. And it, the, the prophet Haggai says this to the people of God while he was the prophet prophesying to Israel. Give careful thought to your ways. Really think about this. It matters. He says you have planted much. You work hard, in other words. You harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put clothes on, but you're not warm. You earn wages only to put them into a purse with holes in it. This is what the Almighty Lord says. Give careful thought. Now, the context of this is God had given them an assignment to build uh, his temple. And they understood the assignment. As years are going by and time is going by, they allowed other priorities to come into their life. They began shifting their priorities from being focused on the house of God to being focused on themselves. And God says, because you changed your focus, you're not living on assignment as I wanted you. What you did is you stepped out from under authority and your purse, you shot holes in your purse. You allowed a leaky financial system into your life. And I, I hate it that there are, it, it's so simple. God's people struggle with this so much often because the Bible says wherever your treasure is, your heart is. And this, this is the one, finances can be the closest uh, to our heart. We don't want to let go, but I want to tell you that God wants to prosper you. God wants to bless you. Get on assignment. It'll just As you just simply begin to prioritize your life, you can, if this is your experience, no matter how hard we work, we can't seem to get ahead financially. You might have some holes in your purse. One of the holes that you might have is this one in Proverbs 22.7, the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Say slave. Under authority. Under authority. Under authority. Message version is going to help us. The poor are always ruled by the rich. So don't borrow and put yourself under their power. Debt is something that uh, the average Canadian deals with. In fact, as of this week, the debt load of Canadians on average is $21,000. That's not including your mortgage. $21,000. So your car, your credit cards. All Canadians are using credit cards more. In fact, there was a 9% increase in credit balance June 2023 over June the year before. And as the economy and recession, nobody's using the word, and what is one, and are we in one, but it's just very difficult even to get by right now. Credit card spending is reaching historical high levels. State of Rebecca Oaks, Vice President of Advanced Analytics of uh, Equifax Canada in a press release. High consumer demand for credit cards means a competitive market for lenders. And as a result, credit limits being offered on new cards are much higher than we've seen in previous periods. So in the world, debt is normal. Say normal. But the scriptures are saying debt is not God's will for your life. That debt will put you under. And it's not just under debt load and stress and all the emotional stuff that comes with debt. People phoning you, credit card companies, switching balances around. That in and of itself, it is spiritual. Debt has a power. When we begin using money that's not ours and it's somebody else's, it, 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 we come under we come under. I remember a number of years ago, I was, um, I was discipling some young adults in, uh, in the church of Messina. I was youth pastor there for a season of time, and a young man was all excited. He was buying a new sound system, and uh, he was telling me about it. He uh, didn't have a dad in his life, and I often served as a sounding board for him. And he said, um, I, I got my first credit card, which I gulped. Um, and uh, he had a little job that he had, and, and uh, starting his new job, got his credit card. And he showed me the uh, sound system he was going to get. And um, I said, how are you going to buy it? He goes, well, with this. And I go, oh, no, you're not. Give me that. And I talked to him about, so, so 
excuse me, what's going to happen and explain, you know, the debt load in three years from now. You may or may not have purchased this. Um, it may be broken by then. You still won't own it. You will be under the mercy of the lender who gave you this money that's not yours. Um, and so you can put a little bit of money aside every week. Let's decide. How much could you save? He told me the amount. I go, hey, you could have this sound system in six months. Six months is a long time. Yeah, but it's freedom. It's just freedom, dude. And in six months from now, you'll walk in with cash. You will put it on the table. You will take home the sound system and say, that's mine, all mine, nothing but mine. And so debt, debt, if it becomes normal for the Christ follower, I just want to tell you this morning, it's not normal. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And mammon was the name for the satanic power over commerce and over money. And it's one or the other. Which are you serving? Now, if you have a debt card, credit card balance right now, and you're sitting there going, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that my, my, my money was under the power of Satan. I don't want that. I don't want to give my authority away. What do I do? Glad you answered that. Ask that. And the answer would be take financial peace. Uh, they offer it on an online version. We have the QR code for that. Uh, the, a number of years ago, probably, um, I don't know, 18 years ago, I saw Gray in the back. Graham, wave your hand. Graham Wilson, you're sleeping. Be awake. Thank you. Um, and Michelle is, doesn't sit with him. She's sitting in the middle. God bless you. I understand completely. Um, and I just pick on them because how many years ago, um, and you could just ask them. That's their story to tell. They were a part of a small group here at Harvest. First, first group in to take financial peace. They did it as a group. There were seven couples in the group. And in three months' time, the, court, the course of time, um, weekly taking the course, um, or thereabouts, uh, that group paid down $40,000 in indebtedness. And then they did plastic surgery and cut cards and, and were free. And is that a free way to live, dude? Yeah, come on. And, but you thought it was normal, right? You thought it was normal to have debt. And it, you also believed the lie it was impossible to get out from under it. And we just want to tell you there are resources. Drive an old car. This is not theory. My wife and I do not carry a debt load at all. Um, and even when we make car purchases, we've been saving for a vehicle. Um, and, and God has blessed. And this is a principle you can go to the bank on. All right. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. We're talking about what causes holes. Debt will cause holes. Um, and you can get out from under debt. There is a way. Check the resources. I will rebuke the devourer. God's speaking. In other words, he says, I'm going to kick devil butt and anything eating your resources. Remember the devourer. we got holes in our purse. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Wherever you're working, there will be prosperity. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit. For you, uh, for you in the field, says the Lord. We love this verse. I love this verse. It's God's authority over finances. Here's what we have to do. Verse before, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Try me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if you, I will not open for you the windows of heaven. Your decision. Stand under the windows. Stand under the windows or get out of the way of the windows. Stand under the windows, get out of the way of the windows. Your choice to be under the authority of heaven that wants to rebuke the devourer and bless you, I will open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for such you such a blessing, there will not be room enough to receive it. Authority is access to the power. We want the power, but we have to come under authority. Okay, that one's done. Whew. All right. I want to talk about family and relationships for a moment. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, and this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Man, I don't have time to unpack this. I want to so badly. Um, I, I'll do this. We're going to do a relational series uh, in the new year. And um, I'm just an old guy. 
And I'm just going to say to this generation, we love you. We love your children so much. But I think gentle parenting is for the birds. And I think, I just think, and Grant, Papa doesn't know anything. So I'm told that um, it just doesn't work to let your kids run your house. And it didn't work the way I did it because I was an authoritarian. I had a, an authoritarian parenting style that did not reflect the heart of God. And I'm just being candid and honest. And I raised my kids, I thought, I thought in a way that represented God. I put my fist down and said, you will do what I tell you to do. You will be in compliance. I am in control. You are not. And I exerted my will on my children. I had a very authoritarian uh, a parenting style that wasn't godly at all. And I've repented for that. And I've got, I've, my, my kids, we've all had, as, as my adult kids, we've had hard talks about it, and I have repented and apologized and said um, that wasn't the best way, that there should have been understanding and explanation, and, and, and I should have allowed my kids to have a no. I, did, I never gave my kids a no. No was a word you would get disciplined for. No no is allowed. Well, of course, that's crazy, and, that, that's, and, and I'm just being candid, and, and that's how I blew it, and, and that's how... Our generation kind of, if we blew it, that's probably where we blew it. And the opposite is this permissive parenting style right now that where the kids are squarely in charge of your home and they have emotions, which is really great. How are you feeling about that right now, Johnny? They'll tell you. And they're learning how to rule their life emotionally. And so mom and dad, I would just say that in your home, if you feel like you can't catch a break in your home. It's chaos and cacophony all the time. And you're just like, ah! mom and dad, Christ following mom and dad. There is a way to lovingly put boundaries, resources. There is a lovingly way to discipline and instruct that reflects the heart of God that lets your children know that they're honoring you and you, they're not, you're not serving them. They are learning how to grow up and to obey so that when they come of age, they know how to obey God. And you're reflecting him. We got it wrong, you can get it right. Bearing resources. Are they up there as your QR codes? I don't know. Let's do another relational one. Bear one another and forgive one another. If any of you has grievance, bring your home into authority. That's what I meant to tell you. All right, bear with each, each other. And forgive one another. If any of you has grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a huge window and door in our lives. And the enemy loves this one. Because we are, and there's one way that as a created being, we are most godlike. We are godlike in that we can create as well. Biologically, we, um, we can give, uh, we can create other human beings. Marriage is this beautiful thing that creates life. And so, so uh, God allowed us to be creators of life uh, that has a spirit, different than animal creation. Um, we, have, we, give, we give life to spiritual entities, little children that we love, that we are disciplining and instructing. And he also, we are God-like, if I can use that phrase, in that we're most like him in the area of forgiveness. That when we're born again, God has, because we are forgiven, God has given us the capacity to forgive. When we don't forgive, it's not that we can't. There's a lie of the enemy who will say, you cannot forgive that. It's that we won't. We're not exercising the powers. Actually, it is, I know it's spiritual. I know in some cases, the things that have been happened, the sin against you has been so great, so horrific, so just crazy in what it took from you in so many cases. But we have been given the power as we're under the authority of God and we choose to forgive and release others. That is powerful. Say powerful. When we believe the lie that we can't or we simply won't, we shut off that realm of forgiveness in our own lives. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse, and it's a refusing. It's not that we can't. It's a refusing. We have resources for forgiveness, so you can dig into this. 
But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sin. And it's really that God can't. Why? Because we step out from under the authority of forgiveness. And we choose to walk under the authority of unforgiveness. No, no, I want forgiveness. And as hard as that may sound to somebody in the room today, just know, and many in this room have discovered the freedom of being able uh, to, to enter into forgiveness. Me, a small group, um, the Freedom Small Group, uh, just covered this. And I know those of you in that group, just the, the power of forgiveness. If you want the power of forgiveness, you have to be under the authority of the forgiver. Therefore, since we are surrounded, last one. Oh, I'm doing good. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses uh, to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. And the script, the context here is that from the beginning of time, God's purposes have been set in motion by those who follow after him. And God has a purpose and a plan that culminates in, a, in a finality in God's plan. But each one of us has a role to play in, in the doing of this great plan of God. And like a race, we're all running. And it's very, very important that we all do our part. And so he says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin. The sin, not the sins, but the sin that so easily trips us up. And we all have one. We all have that area of our life that ends up by tripping us up. The enemy, it could be a generational thing that the enemy has used down through the generations of your family line. Let us run with endurance and uh, run the race that God has set before us. I love that at Harvest we've embraced the truths of grace. And in a message like this, it's not about getting the law back out and, and saying, you know, do this and do this and do this and do this. Because remember, you know, par even parenting style, we don't endorse an authoritarian parenting style at Harvest, and unfortunately, there's some caricatures on the media and on television shows of kind of Bible Belt approach to, yeah, just representing God as this authoritative, scary God, and if you, you're going to hell if you move the wrong way. Come close to God. He will come close to you. Submit yourself. Resist. And in this lifestyle, as we're learning to bring our lives under the authority of God because there's such blessing there and safety and it's so cozy. And as we're coming close to God in our obedience, he's close to us. It's just beautiful. It's wonderful. And it is a process and we're learning how to do this. And so we're not going to say, don't do this and don't do this and don't do this because that's not, there are black and white things, of course, in the scriptures, but there's a lot of gray areas and in the Corinthian church, Paul was teaching them about grace. And man, they were having a heyday with it. They were just like, woohoo! That's just God loves me the way I am, and I can stay this way, and God loves me just the way I am. And no, God loves you the way you are. God loves you the way you are, but He loves you so much, He wants you to enjoy this life with freedom and victory and devil under your feet. And so he's talking to the Corinthian church, and uh, they said, but Paul, we're, we're on, like, we have liberties. Like, we have liberties, right? Like, like, we live in the grace of God, and we have liberties. And, you know, for years, there just were things that, I, I grew up in a very, uh, I, I would say, legalistic uh, approach to God, and um, I, I actually, when I was, getting serious about leadership training, I had to sign a document that said I wouldn't go watch a movie because movies came from Hollywood and Hollywood was the, the center of demonic power. And, and so you just separate yourself from that. And the scripture was come out from all you know darkness and all unclean things and separate. And so the sep we separate ourselves. And that's a good, that's a good word actually. That's a good message. But we just decided the easiest way to deal with our lives was just separate from everything that looks fun. <laughs> and I have some liberties in my life today. I, I, I do some things that back then I would have been told, you're going to hell as I drink my cab stove with a nice steak. It tastes so good. I have liberty, Apostle Paul. Yes, 
He said, you do. It's true, he says. Our freedom allows us to do anything, but that doesn't mean that everything we do is good for us. I'm free to do as I choose, but I choose. Look at now, look at this. I choose, yes, you can choose. I'm talking about the gray areas that the scriptures are not clear about. I'm free to do as I choose, but I choose to never be enslaved to anything I will not come under my cab self. And so there's two months in a year, January and September, that I don't, I, 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 I don't have a sip. Because I, people say, oh, I could quit if I wanted to. Yeah, prove it. <laughs> and when I do that in September and in January, at the end of the first week, man, I struggle. I'm like, man, I wish, this tastes so good. I, I could do this. I'm not, I'm not. And the fact that I'm having this conversation in my head, I'm going, dude, <laughs> you, you can't be enslaved, right? Under the power. And there are areas of our life that we can come under the power. And it can start the sin. It can start in a way that looks, but now when no one's looking, men and women in the house, and the internet's all mine, and I can begin to go into areas and look at things in my eye gate, in my soul, in my fantasy life. It's not just guys looking at porn. That's for real. But ladies that begin texting and get catfished, and it, it, it's happening as much in church as it's happening anywhere else. Why? Why? Because we're coming, we've allowed ourselves to be lulled and lured in, and we now have an area of our life, and for someone in the room, maybe some, there's a struggle, an addiction, whatever it might be, for years and years and years, I just want to tell you, it begins this morning, every head bowed and every eye closed. Bring your personal life under authority. Is there an area of your life that owns you? Is there an area of your life that owns you? You can't say no to it. You have to do it. Hey, video gamers, look. If you lose track of time and three o'clock in the morning comes and you don't even know it, can I just tell you that your time got stolen and robbed? And I understand. Hey, I'm not, this isn't judgment. I've been there, done it. I have hobbies that I get lost in. But if they own me, then in that area of my life, that pleasure center of my life, all of the enjoyment I'm getting, that is taking something away and the enemy knows that I'm under the authority of that thing and I'm under the authority to get pleasure from that thing. And the highest pleasure you can receive is from God himself and that a life that is in order, a life that's in moderation, a life that enjoys the liberties and the blessings. Finances, Relationships, personal life today, all across this room. Hey, there cannot be, including me, a single person. It's not checking some area, the doors. We're just checking the doors right now. Checking the, are they locked? And by the way, don't lock the devil on the inside. Make sure he's out. <laughs> just areas that are being identified. This is not an all or none, other than it's an all or none discovery in this moment. Maybe you haven't thought about it. Maybe you have. This isn't for condemnation. Today, this is for, hey, you know what we're doing? This is the beginning of kicking the devil out and getting, getting back into authority with God. And it begins by confession. It begins by saying, God, I repent of this area that I've come under, this area that is not fully yours, this area that's not submitted to you. I submit it fully to you today, God, the best I know how, in the grace of God and in the power of God. And Lord, as you help me, I'm walking out from under this thing and I'm walking into freedom. I'm walking into a new freedom in you, Jesus. Thank you to help me. Thank you, Lord, to lead me. Thank you to guide me. But I'm making the decision right now. Right now, I've got to do this. Right now, I've got to come out from under that authority, under a new authority. Confession, it begins with confession. And Lord, right now all across this room, thank you for the grace and the mercy and the compassion of God that floods into hearts, it says, 
You just took a step toward me, and I'm right, I'm right there. I, I, I'm right close to you. Resist the devil. He will run away from you in this area. Lord, I thank you for that. Just before we shift gears and we'll have a song and then we're going to dismiss. If you're in the room today, the first step of enjoying any of what we're talking about today is to bring our lives under Jesus by asking him to come into our lives. Humanism is the leading religion all across the globe. And even some world religions are really humanistic in their approach because humanism puts you in the seat of where God should be in your life. Call on the shots, in charge. But the Bible says that's exactly what Satan did. And that's the lie that somehow we can still be good and do good things. But the Bible says we have sin in our heart, pride in our heart. All has sinned and come short of God's glory. Today, we can step out of that seat and say, Jesus, would you sit in the seat of my life? Come forgive me of my sins and receive eternal life today in this room. And if that's you or online, you can text in, I, I, I want to receive Jesus today. I'm simply going to count down three, two, and one. When I get to one, if you're in the room today and you're ready, you're ready, you're ready to let Jesus sit on the, on, on the, on the throne of your life, to let him be your Lord and Savior, receiving eternal life. It would be my privilege to lead you in a prayer in three. In two, it's for you today. This, this was for you today. God loves you so much. And one, just raise your hand. Say, Pastor, pray for me today. Is there anyone in the room? Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Over here, yes, thank you. God bless you. Yes, thank you. God bless you. Number of hands this morning. Harvest, we know what to do. We're just celebrating. Come on, put your hands together. We just celebrate this morning. People making decisions. If you raised your hand this morning, or if you're online, simply just, just pray this prayer. We're all going to pray together, but pray from your heart. Today, God's listening to you. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but today I heard the good news that you love me. Come into my life. Forgive my sin. I stop going my way, and I'm going your way today into eternal life. Starting this moment, I receive you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, come on, put your hands together again. Would you stand to your feet? God bless you if you raised your hand today. Either Let's all stand together, either renewing that decision the first time in a long time, or you did that for the first time today. I would encourage you, if this, uh, we have people in black shirts that are uh, that shirt is to signify that they're here to serve you today. We have a Bible that we would love uh, to give you and just to know your name, that you made the greatest decision ever. Let's worship this morning and then we're going to be dismissed. I see you taking ground. I see you press ahead. Your power is dangerous to the enemy's care. You still do miracles. You will do what you said, for you're the same God now as you always been. Your spirit breaking out, your kingdom moving in, your victory claims the ground that the enemy has. You still do miracles, you will do what you said. Oh, there's no power like the power of Jesus, Lord. As we choose today to humble ourselves, submit, come under your ways. 
Lord, as you give us grace to follow after you, to give us the strength and the capacity and the ability, I thank you that we all have access to the most powerful power in the universe, your love, our relationship with you. Today we declare that the enemy is under our feet. We are not under the enemy. We are, Lord, we are in the chain of command under heaven today. I bless each and every one today. Just before I say amen, our ministry team is coming. If you'd like to receive prayer today, we would love to pray with you. If you have sickness in your body, we're going to pray with authority that you would be healed. If you have an area that you're struggling with, come up. We're going to put the enemy under your feet today. Ministry team, you come. Lord, bless each and every one now. Let us have an amazing week. Amen. God bless you. Have a fantastic week.